0: You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. We are less than a week away at this point until the bracket is revealed in selection Sunday, and everyone will lose their collective minds. Um, a lot going on right now. Regular season just ended for the Power Six. Automatic bids have already been awarded to a few teams, and obviously, this week is going to be massive for. A lot of smaller conferences and a lot of bubble teams trying to fight their way into the field or stay in the field. Um, But wanted to start with one of the teams um, who has been on our least impressive quite a bit this year. So wanted to give them their due for starting off most impressive, punching an automatic ticket, your Utah State Aggies. Third time's the charm.
1: This is uh this is, it was a huge week. I mean, I have another team from that conference on the most impressive list, actually. And it's, it's, it's more um, giving shout outs to teams that kind of, we wouldn't and, you know, end of the year feeling, feeling the ill wills of uh, the end of college basketball season, but Utah state, I mean, push came to shove and they did it. This was a team like we talked about many times preseason top 20 pick. We, you know, expected them to kind of be like San Diego State was this year and just dominate throughout the season. It never quite happened through injuries and just poor play. Came down to it, they they really needed to win the conference tournament or they'd be sweating it out on Selection Sunday. And sure enough, they got it done, beat a, a very good San Diego State team and now have the auto bid and will get at least two teams for the Mountain West in the tournament.
0: Yeah, Sam Merrill, um, the the type of guy who can lead you on a run in March, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah State, obviously, as we've discussed at great length, not exactly where they thought they might be at this point in the season. Um, yeah. I think, you know, great start to the year, faltered against some teams they could they shouldn't have in the Mountain West. Like even besides the two losses to San Diego State, like I don't think anybody in the preseason was expecting the Aztecs to be this good. But no. Your blowing leads to the likes of Boise State and some of the other also mm-hmm. runs in the mountain West this year. kind of got them on the bubble, so it's it's definitely got to be a relief to have the ticket punched and you know be able to just watch select the selection show without you know being on the edge of your seat for however long it is now
1: yeah, absolutely, and they are a dangerous whatever seed they come in at, probably 10, 9 maybe. I mean, they're, they're going to be a tough out for whoever they play. And they do feel like, I think we, we might have mentioned it last week or two weeks ago, but they feel like BYU light, where they've got you know, a really good big man in Kata and then Sam Merrill on the outside is you know decent enough to, to put, uh, hold up against those guards of BYU, Toulson and uh, Hawes.
0: Yeah, and Cato is another sort of late addition to the season and a lot of the year was just kind of spent getting back into basketball shape, sort of getting his legs under mm-hmm. him, and then you were kind of at the point where you know he's really imposing his will on games. Like he was yeah. a physical force um against the Aztecs and and one that they, they didn't quite look used to seeing, but yeah, I, I think As far as Steve goes, they'll end up, you know, probably in that eight, nine game they were in a year ago. But that's, I mean, certainly a team you don't want to play first round, but also, you know, for a one or two seed, that is, that's somebody you're going to be wary of. Uh, potential second round matchup Utah State Dayton, second round that would be something we'd hate to see it, but yeah, also. I would I would love both of them to get the the chance to knock out as many high majors as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the other team from the Mountain West I wanted to give a quick shout out to. Wyoming, the yep. boys, the Cowboys. Two total Mountain West wins heading into the conference tournament. They win two games in back-to-back days, beating Nevada and Colorado State, both of whom I thought actually had a chance to make a run and, and be kind of a, a surprise team in the Mountain West tournament. Did not happen. Um, it's, it's always fun this time of year. And we've, we're certainly seeing a lot of these uh, higher seeds fall to uh, lower teams early on in these, these lower mid-major conference tournaments. It's, it's been hectic. It's not, not great for Jerome picks, but it's good for, uh, for viewing purposes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. We, we saw this. I'm gonna say year one under Bruce Pearl, um, Auburn went on a bit of a run as a 12 seed in the SEC tournament. saw it uh, saw it last year in the Big Ten, Nebraska won a couple of games as a 13 seed, yeah. should have won a third, but then choked away against uh, Wisconsin. A little rare to see a double digit seed go on a run in these uh, mid major, low major conferences, just because mm-hmm. you know you're talking Usually about it's, it's top you, heavy. Yeah, are you talking about a team like a Chicago State going on a run, which right, will never right. happen in a million years? So, I mean, great for Wyoming that that happened. Mountain West as a whole is a pretty good parity year over year. Um, you know, Utah State winning the tournament for a second time in a row, but hadn't had a uh, a repeat champion or or anything in the previous six it was just mm-hmm. all unique teams. So that was awesome to see. Wyoming was one of those teams. They're not there now. They'll be back. Had something bad happen to Steve Alford, so everybody's happy.
1: (laughs) It was a win for everyone this (laughs) this past week in the uh, Mountain West tournament.
0: Um, So I had to throw Michigan State on there. Yeah, Um, pretty good. Just uh, a couple of of very good wins uh, at Penn State. Xavier Tillman finally having a big game seemed like twenty-three and fifteen against the Nittany Lions and. I mean, honestly, it seems like we've been waiting all year for him to be that type of player. This was supposed to be a big year for him. No Nick Ward. It's kind of the the man, sort of like Luca Garza at Iowa taking over full time for Tyler Cook. Yep. Um rather than having to share the spotlight. But hasn't really happened, so that was a big game. And then of course Cassius Winston going off on a senior night. Or senior day, rather, um, over Ohio State. Big win at the Breslin Center. It's, the Buckeyes have been playing better as of late. It's it's a tired trope, I think, in some respects. Um, you know, January, February, so but they they are rounding it's, into form.
1: It's look, I'll, I'll get sick of it when it's not true, because I mean, Rocket Watts has been unbelievable these last few games, and he was solid all season, but he certainly wasn't playing at this level. And when you have him playing this well, Cassius Winston continuing to play well. I think he had, what, 29, 27 or 29 points on senior night. Xavier Tillman looks like he's finally found it. I mean, Aaron Henry, they're getting contributions from basically everyone at this point. And even if they aren't scoring, they're finding other ways to impact the game. The defense has been really good for Michigan State, which has been a bit of an issue all year. It is scary to say the least. If you are a Big Ten team headed uh, to the Big Ten tournament this week,
0: and obviously, if you're Tom Mezzo, you would prefer to have Langford available, you know, right at all this year. Um, but at this point, they're really clicking without him. And right, I mean, it's yeah, it's, a, it's another team you don't want to play, which is going to be a recurring theme for this section of the program. Yes. Yeah, it's a surprise.
1: Michigan State is playing well in, in March. Yeah. Basically copy and paste
0: what we said last week into here. It's true. It's it true. They kept the foot on the gas. Um, actual surprise, though. Big Ten champion, Wisconsin Badgers.
1: Yeah. I mean, where where did anyone see this coming? I, I, nowhere. I mean, we we talked at many points this year about how we didn't know a if wisconsin was even good but b what you know their their non conference struggles how they were even going to fight for or get into the, like sneak into the tournament here they are winning the big 10 um, i don't like even as we talked about it a couple weeks ago when kobe king left like their offense has kind of gotten better and he was probably their best offensive player maybe second best um it's just been a, a strange ride, but Demetric Trice has stepped up. they found other guys. Reavers has played well, obviously. Um, we talked about it a week or two ago that he's their leading scorer, but the, the bench players are, are really contributing, and now it's getting tough for other teams. The, the slowdown style is, is just working. They're, they're playing much better offense, and, and when you run, as you see, when Virginia scores, when Wisconsin scores, when teams that run that slow style score, it is very hard to beat them.
0: Right. So you're you're having to go up against a, a set defense as well. Um yep. and that's that's what they live for all day long. But eight wins in a row to finish the regular season. Um yeah, I mean they're they're a they're a verbal meme at this point of just yeah the Paul Rudd video, but it's, they, are. they are it's it's crazy and no Kobe King for what was already such an offensively challenged team. Um, the thing that was kind of the, the jumping off point for a lot of the Badger faithful was those back to back to back losses. Richmond, New Mexico, NC State. The most points they scored in any of those games was 54 points. Mm-hmm. It's already an offensively challenged team, but I think that's where a guy like Micah Potter has been absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, double double, 14 and 11 in the regular season finale, um, and just giving them another sort of Interior presence, as we said, Reavers isn't the most comfortable playing in there. He can, but a lot of time doesn't seem like it's it's yeah. preferred. Um, so having Potter um, over the the second half of the season has really been huge. And yeah, I mean, good on great guard. Low option, which is yeah. like game changing. If you're
1: Wisconsin basketball, you can play three guards out, put Reavers at the uh, high post, and let Michael Potter go to work down low. So it. Certainly changes up the looks they can give. It also just gives them the actual interior presence that they've been missing with Hap gone. So, I mean, it, it feels like they kind of figured out a way to absorb the loss and fill him in with a guy that is more capable in a modern offense.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a novel, novel concept and novel approach. Right. Uh, but they're figuring it out. And, I mean, the, the defense is still very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, regular season finale, they held their opponent to just one basket in the final ten minutes. So pretty good. I, yeah, that's that's uh, pretty solid. I won't so, say who. That's yeah, because I mean that would take away from the accomplishment because their opponent does that <laughs> about every game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh sticking in the Big Ten, I, I have to do it. I gotta give Rutger their credit. Home win over Maryland in a game they needed. Uh Terps looked terrible in that game. Definitely uh, can be given credit to Rutgers defense there. And then go on the road and get a win at Purdue. It wasn't convincing. It wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. Geo Baker with a couple huge buckets late. And uh, I mean, shout out. I can't remember who it was, but Purdue misses free throw, missed a free throw with about two and a half seconds left to win the game. Eric Hunter. Yeah, yeah Eric Hunter. And that has saved the Scarlet Knights season, at least for the time being, a first-round loss in the Big Ten tournament could cause some issues, but at this rate, I I feel like
0: they're pretty much in. Yeah, I think they're pretty safely in. Honestly, I don't think any Big Ten teams are like first four bait. If any would be, it would be Rutgers, just because... Yeah, two and nine or whatever on the road. Worse, I think two and ten, yeah but yeah, the uh neither the big Ten nor the NCAA tournament will be played at the rack, so that is troubling ultimately, the biggest thing they're working against um but winning at Mackey, especially with this year's Jekyll and Hyde purdue team is is pretty yeah. impressive, even if that that was a bit of a gift at the end, but mm-hmm. I mean it's not to say that they didn't put themselves in position uh for. You know, thirty nine plus minutes before that. Yeah, so.
1: it's been the story of their season so far. I mean, they they take advantage of opportunities when they get them, and it's almost in my in my eyes, it's the same as looking at a team like San Diego State and saying they don't play anyone. It's like, well, they play the teams on their schedule and they beat them. So, what more do you want them to do? Like this is this is the opportunity that was presented, and they're taking taking advantage of it and, and taking the, making the most of the opportunities. So. Um that that's my uh, brief analogy for the day, but it feels very similar in my eyes. Yeah,
0: they have a win over a current top seventeen in America. Not not everyone can say that. And Rutger too, now with their win over Maryland. Um but yeah, that's you're 100 percent right. They're very good at taking advantage of your mistakes. And if they are going to go on any sort of a run in the NCAA tournaments. They're going to have to make the game ugly because they're not a great outside shooting or just offensive team in general. But they Mm -hmm. can beat you with their defense.
1: Exactly. Um, Locking. I mean, it feels like most of the, not all the Big Ten, but certainly a majority of the Big Ten this year is defense first,
0: and it gets ugly sometimes. Some obviously Iowa is the opposite, of course. Best yeah. offense, worst been, defense. Always will be. Out of everyone, except <laughs> Nebraska and Northwestern. So, yes. the brand is strong.
1: they keep on keeping on. Um, Valpo, got to give shout outs to these smaller yeah. schools. It's a good run. First team in the history of the Missouri Valley Tournament. This is a or arch madness, I guess. Thirty years it's been running. That a team that plays played on the first day played in the championship game. And they basically just ran out of gas a little bit at the end against Bradley. But heck of a run. They took out Loyola in an outrageous game. They were down by 19, came back, won in overtime. Um, quite a day, quite a, quite a season for that. But you kind of wish a team like this could get a shot at like the NIT or something just to see what they can do. But either way, um, credit where it's due. They made, they made it early conference tournament time fun.
0: They did, and that was that was a very fun championship game mm-hmm. between them and Bradley, um, who won the who won Arch Madness for the second year in a row. Um, I don't know if this was Kevin Harlan's first year, but it's the first I've noticed him on it.
1: Yeah, um, I was just noticed he's usually. magical
0: every time. It, it used to be every year. You know Dick Enberg, who's a legend. Mm-hmm. I can still hear him his voice in my head saying a hell a heligba yeah on northern Iowa. Uh but that was that was a welcome change as well. Um just just turning on in the afternoon and just hearing that melodious voice. But back to the topic at hand. Um yes I agree with you. It'd be awesome to see Valpo in a postseason tournament that that kind of mattered, but I don't know. Did they they finish above five hundred with this yeah, run? I think-
1: I think there were eighteen and sixteen, maybe.
0: Okay, it was close for a for a mid major. That can get you into the CBI or CIT. Yeah, they're not super selective, but obviously, but obviously, it's (laughs) it's less exciting than the others.
1: Yeah. uh... It's always fun, too, to see those big announcing pairs try and pretend like they've watched Missouri Valley basketball all season long. Yeah. And, you know, one guy takes a shot, takes and makes a shot, and it's like, that's his game. That's his game right there. You
0: know, watched a lot of film before this.
1: Uh, Bradley also, I guess, deserves a bit of a shout out because they're back to back (laughs) tournament appearances for the first time since the 50s. So, shout out. Um, West Virginia coming back to life a little bit here. Yeah, Beat Iowa State, which isn't much to talk about, and then beat Baylor, and that is a lot to talk about. Um, Certainly needed it. They were really struggling. They looked awful offensively, and Baylor, as we know, is one of the better defensive teams in the entire country, so being able to get that win uh, was huge, just confidence-wise. I mean, this team was as low as it could possibly get seemingly and they beat a then what number four team in the country number three I can't remember what they were but top five win going into Big 12 tournament should give them plenty of juice to go with and into the NCAA
0: tournament not sure I still trust this team but it was still a good win. I desperately needed something resembling momentum to end the season um, even with this just winning three out of their last nine games just in, in a free fall but this is a, a win that, you know, by itself is, is massive. Usually, road win in Ames, not your typical Iowa State team, but still, they'll take it. Um, yeah. And yeah, giving Baylor a little bit of taste of its own medicine with some stellar defense in the second half, held him eight minutes without a field goal at one point. And, I mean, it was, there's a lot of young players making plays um, at the end of the year. And, you know, Huggy Bear was, Excited to see that because it's it's been a tough year for him. It's been a tough year for them, but you can tell this is a team he really likes working with, and it's it's been a bit of a, a year-long project for him. Kind of a unique challenge in working with such a young roster, and I mean he's he's got to be excited with this win as a bit of a culmination of what's been a trying year at times.
1: Definitely, and it I mean you compound it with last year's struggles, and it's like my God, yeah. this guy is you know bob huggins is a great coach and obviously teams go through these swoons a little bit i guess is the best way to put it but he uh he's done a heck of a job with this young team this year last year's team was just kind of all over the place with people getting dismissed and suspended and injured and all that and what last year was bad this year has been a phenomenal bounce back and you you didn't like to see how it ended, but it was good that they could go out on a high note to close the regular season and now kind of reset as they get into conference tournament and NCAA
0: tournament play. Yeah, it's more reasonable expectations for yeah you know a team like West Virginia and even like this year's North Carolina team. Roy Williams can look at West Virginia and you know, mm-hmm. like this is in a way a model to you know bounce back next year. North Carolina will always have the advantage of much better recruiting classes, but that's not the point here. Um, Right. Yeah. So, West Virginia, another team safely in the tournament, they're going to be a lower seed within their own conference tournament, which could play to their advantage and the disadvantage of Oklahoma. Um, Yeah. It's going to be a tough matchup for them, but it's a nice draw, I think. It, yeah, absolutely.
1: Getting Oklahoma is a three and then probably Baylor again. Avoiding Kansas until the title. like that that's, as I mean, good that's as you the dream. Yeah. So we'll uh, see what happens there. Washington is another team I had down. Two wins to close the regular season. I mean, don't let them get hot, honestly. They yeah. are young, they are very talented, though. Um, still no quad green. But. Plenty of talent and they can certainly cause problems in the Pac-12 tournament. Little confidence can go a long way with a young team. And if they start getting hot and feeling good, four games in four days might be exactly what they need to make a little run. And they did finish
0: the Pac-12 regular season with positive point differential, right? They did, yeah. Which is just incredible. Amazing. That's what happens with a a lot of close losses and winning a couple of games by thirty plus points. Right, right. Um, Make the wins loud. But yeah, that's this is as talented a roster as there is in the Pac-12. It's just been a very difficult year for, you know, two-time defending Pac-12 Coach of the Year Mike Hopkins. So, you know, hard to hard to blame this on him for not you know getting a a talented roster to mash or whatever you might say, but. I mean, for what's been an unbelievably frustrating season, even though they were the only team to beat Baylor for a while, closing the regular season on a a hot streak. And again, this is the Pac 12. They're not going to be playing any super, super heavyweights. Like, Oregon's the best team, but there's no one in that field that they can't reasonably beat. Yeah. So, I mean, they
1: just beat the Arizonas, and those are two of the better teams right now in the entire conference.
0: Yeah, Colorado's falling off a cliff, so yeah, don't have to worry about them as much. So yeah, why not?
1: And they're on the other. Oh no, they're not. They're they're playing Arizona again in the first round. They win, they get a four seed USC. I mean, come on, (laughs) talk about it's
0: lining up. Yeah, take advantage.
1: Get get hot after two games. Get Oregon in the semifinal. I mean, watch out. Yeah, that's that's all I had. Oh no, I wanted to mention. Creighton-Villanova, they had to win. They won. I mean, two two wins for each of these teams. Villanova by the skin of their teeth in both of them. Um, Creighton doing so more uh, authoritatively in both of their games. And we have a three-way tie for, for the Big East title. So, congrats to everybody.
0: Yeah, wild, wild soon. Everyone's a winner. Um, I had Creighton. I also had Virginia. Just, yeah, again, ridiculous end of the year. Um, Closed the season, beating Louisville. Almost blew it, but Kihei Clark playing the hero once again, and you know helped the Hoos get revenge for the only loss in their last twelve games, which is now, I ridiculous. Think it's
1: the only win Louisville has against them ever, I, I think ever or since they joined the ACC. I saw some stat, I got to fact check it, but I'm, I'm I saw that they were something like one in nine against Virginia either all-time or since joining the ACC? Since joining would make more sense, but you never know.
0: I will say impressive coaching job by Tony Bennett, but a not-so-small part of me is a little annoyed that this Virginia team and roster didn't have to go through a a traditional meat grinder of an ACC. Yeah. just because I think it would have been a much more enjoyable season for yours truly, but oh well, We can't Simpson? always get what we want.
1: Yours truly, uh, since joining the ACC. Okay.
0: Oh no, oh. I'm sorry.
1: It's at, at Virginia. They're one and eight all time. Fifteen and four are the are against Louisville all time. Okay. Overall, one and eight or eight and one, I guess, at home. Okay, so they they held serve there. Yeah, good for them. Just wild! I I saw that stat. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell just happened? Um, I don't have any other most impressives. I uh, I, I mean, forgot about uh, Virginia
0: completely, but that was a, a good
1: good pick up on your part.
0: No, <laughs> no no worries there. Um, I do have some least impressives. And I, I'm I'm sure you can guess at least one of them, but
1: yeah, I don't I'll, want to hear it yet.
0: <laughs> I'll start with Northern Iowa.
1: Yeah, I actually uh, put top seeds in the Missouri Valley because yeah. all three, the top three seeds, lost on the same day. But continue.
0: But basically, opposite side of the coin is Utah State. Um, you know, Northern Iowa probably slightly better. Feeling going into their conference tournament about whether they'll make the field. But when you get absolutely throttled by the eight seed right away, yeah. you don't even win a game or, or make any sort of run, that's really killer. Um, and I mean, now I think there's some real danger in, in missing the NCAA tournament entirely, which would be a real shame for this team, which absolutely has the potential to you know, knock off some power six schools.
1: Yeah, I will say given precedent of previous years that Northern Iowa is out. That's going to be my official statement on the matter. They are out. They have, I I
0: think,
1: three or I think they're like four and two or four and three against quad one and quad two teams. And they have two uh, quad three losses. um, Which is Drake and Illinois State, I believe, are the two. So I don't think they have one quad one win. I think that makes up for both of the quad three losses. There's not enough anywhere else, though, that says they're going to get in. And especially, like, if you put them up against Texas, I think the committee, unfortunately, is going to take Texas 10 times out of 10 when it should be the exact opposite. But we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll get a potentially f- fair shake, whatever you want to call it. But I whatever feel that like, is. yeah, I feel like we're going to see – Texas or uh, some other power school. Uh, you, I'm trying to think of who, who else is even on the bubble right now. Um, but someone like that, that's going to get in when they maybe don't deserve it.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree there, unfortunately. It's just the world we live in. Yeah. Um, speaking of Texas, t-
1: Texas looks firmly in the field or safely in the field. After beating Oklahoma earlier in the week, and then they go out and lose eighty-one fifty-nine to Oklahoma State, who is, as we've said a couple times this year, not good. Um, Shaka, not only did he look like the Undertaker gif, but he looked like maybe he'd get a contract extension just because he'd finally lived up to some hype. And that's like the state of really college good. basketball these years, uh, these days. Goes out, they lay an absolute stinker to close the season against Oklahoma State, and now it feels like they've got a do-or-die game in the opening round of the Big 12 tournament against Texas Tech, who they have played well this year. But I find it hard to believe that a couple weeks after uh, beating them in Austin that Texas Tech won't take care of business here.
0: I almost kind of respect the move um by Texas, just not even showing up here, just right. kinda kind of keep everybody on their toes for the last month or so of the regular season. We had written them off, they come back to life, everyone's putting them safely in the field, and now they mm-hmm. gotta throw that into question by getting blown out by a bad team so yeah, I mean Brand management inter- is key yeah, shock is interesting, if nothing else um but yeah this is this is a very tough draw and it's it's wild because Texas is the higher seed here technically um yeah, not that that gives them any sort of advantage, but white jerseys that's yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> i unfortunately don't know the i don't have their win loss record in the white jerseys offhand but what are we, what are we even doing here yeah um but yeah i, I really don't like that matchup on the neutral court um, for Texas. So not looking great for them. Um, not that this not that winning this game would have guaranteed them entry into the field, but yeah it would have them in a lot better shape than it would make a lot getting the, the doors Tech, blown off. Way easier to swallow. Yeah.
1: Um, if if it comes down to it, who would you rather see
0: in UCLA or Texas? Um, Northern Iowa for sure. Of course, <laughs> that was the right answer. That was the only right answer. And an East Tennessee state, if they somehow lose. No, they won. Oh, okay. Yeah, Phew.
1: don't don't worry about that. Wait, Ernie. that's
0: sorry. Oh, they already the, the championship was today. Yes. Oh well. It ended twenty five minutes before we started recording. I clearly did not bet on any games today. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well that's good. He's then because yeah. that, thats a team that I'm very excited to see. Um, yeah, in the field. So, all right. Um, but between those two teams, assuming death is not an option, I'd probably say Texas.
1: Interesting. I don't, I don't. I don't want either
0: of them to make the tournament.
1: Right. But I mean, you could get your way if Texas loses to I, Texas Tech. I think, and and UCLA doesn't win anything in the Pac-12. I think they're both out. So.
0: Yeah. Although I will say it would have been vastly more entertaining for UCLA to win. The Pac-12 regular season and then not make the tournament, but yeah, I will settle for one out of those two.
1: Or would you rather? Actually, if if we have to see it, I think both of them in Dayton is like the better option than just uh, one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'll come out and say it. It's it's honestly pretty tough for me to watch the first four most. Years. Oh yes. Yeah. Um. I, it, I sit
1: down and do it because it's like oh the tournament's on but
0: yeah like
1: you watch the game it, I don't know what it is but it, it feels like it's just low quality basketball
0: well it is but <laughs> also it just like impacts my I don't have like a pick for my bracket riding on it so I'm just naturally yeah. less invested um, I don't know that's probably it's probably my most controversial college basketball take but that's it's my story and I'm sticking to it. And I will stick to it if somehow Indiana finds itself in a first four game like Lunardi and no one else is projecting. Um yeah, I will yeah. I will watch that game, but I'll be miserable. Which, uh, do you
1: do you prefer to watch the sixteens or the uh la- the what is it? Last four in?
0: Uh I think the sixteens can be more entertaining. Um, For sure. Just because it's usually more even, and you know, you know, next next round they're not going to have much of a shot anyway. And It's just literally do or die. The the 11s or 12s, whoever that's that's there, is just scraping the bottom of the barrel of high <laughs> major teams. And Shout just, out
1: Arizona State St. John's last year. Yeah, uh,
0: that yeah, that's that's, that's like exactly the, the game I think of when I think yeah, of, the four, four. The like just, of the first four. It's like this just first four. It's like I'll I'll watch it because I know college basketball is fleeting, but like yeah, I guess it's like a it's like the Motor City Bowl.
1: That's fair. Yeah, you, know, you
0: know you know college football is coming to an end. It's right. not a good game, but you're
1: you going to gonna watch. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, Texas. <laughs> they they lost to Oklahoma State. Um, I'm going to go to Marquette. Okay. Another absolutely brutal finish to the year for Wojo. I mean, if Marquette just gets smoked in the first round of the NCAA tournament again, they, they have to fire Wojo, right?
0: I mean, for starters I would just would finish that sentence as saying I would not be surprised Yeah. if they get smoked again. But, yeah. Um, it, it A lot of this keeps coming back to you. The Housers did not want to stay, um, yeah. which Raises its own set of questions, but even without them coming with Marcus Howard after the year he had last year into this year, it's hard to look at what has transpired so far and classify it as anything but a disappointment. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a major one, like there's still going to be a tournament team, so there's that. But you know, definitely shooting higher, and I suppose it's possible that they're able to get as far in the tournament as they thought they might if they go on some sort of Kemba-like run behind Marcus Howard. But I don't really see any indication from the way they've played over the last several weeks or couple months that you know, that would even be a possibility.
1: Yeah, I mean Marcus Howard's been playing out of his mind lately and they're still losing. Right. And a lot of these games aren't even that close. Like the St. John's game this weekend was a blowout before a late run for Marquette which we've we've seen two or three times recently they lost to, to Paul without Paul Reed like they have not played well by any stretch of the uh, imagination and really it's been Marcus Howard like, like most coaches are just game planning like all right we'll let Marcus Howard score 35 because we know the rest of the team is going to score like 19
0: yeah i mean he's in a way another football comparison kind of like the Matt Stafford of the Big East this year just putting up massive numbers, but a lot of it comes in what equates to garbage time or you know, you're already down by 15, 20 points. Right. Like how much does it really matter? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's not a knock on him at all because No, he's awesome. He's to, Biggest need, Player of the Year. You need you need to give the guy some help. Yeah. And you feel bad. They just, for him really, they just really don't have it. Yeah.
1: Like I, I certainly am not a Marquette fan by any stretch of the imagination. But at, at times, I'm just like, this dude's so good. Just give him some help, like yeah. any little bit, and they'd be okay. Um, that said, Thursday night, I hope they do not give him any help because I will be there, and I cannot afford to, uh, to watch my heart get ripped out by Marcus Howard and company.
0: Fair, fair.
1: I went over Missouri Valley top seeds. Penn State.
0: Yeah, yeah. He knew it was coming back here.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Northwestern's jerseys that they wore on Saturday were sensational. They were. They made no sense, but they were sensational. They looked, old Utah Jazz look. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Um, to lose to Northwestern, though, who – Probably isn't as bad as their record indicates if I'm gonna, you know, save some face here and try We're and really splitting hairs. Try and spin zone it a little bit. They have played well at Welsh Ryan this year. Um, but this team is not good. Like you you can't lose this game if you're Penn State. Uh, the Nittany Lions have seen themselves go from top ten team to out of the are they out this week? I didn't even look at the eight people. They are.
0: They got, they got as high as most teams have climbed and then just yeah. fell
1: off the cliff. Yeah, so they have fallen drastically. They were, I mean, we were talking two seed at one point, and now I think they'll probably end up as a six, depending yeah. on what happens in the Big Ten tournament. But it, it might even be better for Penn State to lose early, just get the extra rest going into the NCAA tournament wherever they play, You know, travel right away. Get into town and uh, relax a little bit before embarking on this, but their guard play has not been good. They can't shoot the ball. And again, we've been saying, we said this last week, I believe, it is Lamar Stevens versus the world. It's not Marquette bad, but it's getting there.
0: Yeah, they're not, Penn State's not getting blown out or facing huge deficits every night. It's a huge problem when you do against Northwestern. They are not a good offensive team, but and I mean, they're a terrible defensive team, so to be that far behind them on both sides of the court is just evidence of a lot of issues, but the way that Penn State closed the season honestly like, has me fairly confident that Indiana will beat them in the second round of the Big Ten tournament, which I know is famous last words, but they are just all out of sorts. Like they, they hit their high water mark. They basically got to the point where an NCAA tournament bid was inevitable, mm-hmm. and I don't know, kind of, kind of stopped playing at the level that got them there in the first place. Yeah, um, it's it's something that happened. Like every every team in the Big Ten this year has basically had wild swings of high and low points. Um this is pretty close to a low point on the season for Penn State which is indicative of how good they've been, but they need to they need to figure it out because it would be pretty disheartening to have the season they had really stumble to the finish line and just get booted in the first round of the tournament. Like yeah, you shouldn't want to go on some sort of a run, show Lamar Stevens to more people across the country, but the way they're playing right now that that doesn't seem very likely.
1: Yeah, I think another thing too is just it's 20 the Big 10 schedule is 20 games. Most of these teams have seen you play teams that they've played multiple times or you've played them before. Like it gets to the point in league play where everyone kind of knows what you're doing and can can solve you pretty well. That said, you got to be better. Like every Sorry. team every team is working with this. So it's not like you have an unlevel
0: playing field here, right? And I, Penn State's seen Northwestern just as much, and we're talking about Chris Collins with one of the worst ro- rosters in high major basketball. So, yeah,
1: yeah that's
0: it's tough scenes.
1: It was it was not fun. It was not fun. Um, Colorado losing to another terrible yeah. Pac twelve team. I mean. Talk about Penn State falling off a cliff. Colorado is, uh, is probably right behind them on that same same path. I uh, think they've lost six of their last eight. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But really don't look good at all. I don't know where this, this team's offense has gone, but it is nowhere to be found at this point. They're in a dangerous situation in the Pac-12 tournament. They legitimately, I think, could lose opening round when they play Washington State because C.J. Ellaby is good enough alone to beat that team.
0: Yeah, ever since the Oregon game, they've kind of been yeah. a shell of themselves. And yeah, I I completely agree. You're, you were great to start the season, one of two teams to beat Dayton, the only one to do so on the mainland, but yep. When you are when you're stumbling down the stretch and again losing to the worst of the worst in the worst Power Six conference, like Cal and Utah, you're losing to Cal and Utah, and handily to Cal, I might yeah. add. Um, that's that's really not going to earn yourself like any trust from from us or or your fans or anyone. Like, I don't know how anyone can look at Colorado unless you're ignoring. The events of the last month or so and express anything resembling confidence in their ability to, you know, win this Pac 12 tournament or go on any sort of run in the NCAA tournament because they are just, yeah, fell off a cliff.
1: They've been shooting horrifically too, and they've been taking a lot of jump shots. I mean, I don't remember what game it was maybe Arizona State a couple weeks ago, and they had just – I mean, it was, it was a tight game back and forward, and Arizona State kind of switched to a zone, and Colorado refused to drive the ball and just kept taking jump shots, and they could not score. And all of a sudden, you know, Bill Walton's like, this team has just fallen apart, and it's, you know, a 15-point game when it was a five-point game, and what are they doing? Tad Boyle, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, my God, Bill. They, they he need knows. help. He knows. They need help. Like they get too jump shot happy, and I mean, as we've talked about over the last however many years we've been doing this, it is very clearly not working for most teams. Like there, there are very few programs in the country that can be that jump shot happy,
0: and most of them shouldn't do it. Right, and the ones that can usually don't even do it every night. Right, because it's. No, it's it's not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, Through Iowa on there too. Sure. The the Illinois loss, no shame there. You would have liked yeah. to have a couple of buys in the Big Ten tournament, but you know, at the end of the day, pretty much same position they were in. Mm-hmm. But when you get worked on the road by notoriously good home team Purdue, you can't also do the same. At home, when yeah. horrendous road team Purdue comes to visit, um, they were just, it wasn't quite as slow a start, which is the nicest thing I can say, but you're still yeah. down 17 at the half, got killed on the boards. Nobody except Wieskamp gave Garza really any offensive help. And I mean, no one, no one gave him much help on the glass, too. He had over a third of their rebounds. Um, and Purdue was just, Dominant, like you, if you just looked at the box score, you would have assumed this was at Mackey. Yeah,
1: Purdue. I mean, credit to Purdue, they got a win when they needed it. I mean, it was too little too late, obviously, but they got a win when they needed it. Iowa is like maybe the most extreme case of Jekyll and Hyde we've seen all season with like a a consistent top 25 team. I can't think of anyone else that plays just as sporadic as this team, whether they're just they look lights out good or just atrocious. Throughout it all, obviously Luca Garza has been the one consistent. No, he is not the national player of the year for any Iowa fans listening. Don't care. Don't give me the argument. I don't care. It's not true. It's Obi Toppin and it's not even close. d
0: um, I, I don't even I don't even know if I agree that he's the best player in the Big Ten.
1: Oh, I like that. Take it a step further.
0: I think the best player in the Big Ten is not even going to sniff the NCAA tournament. Like, if, Dan- if Daniel Oturu had yeah, anything resembling a roster, like, Minnesota would be an animal. Like, he, he just has to put up 25 and 15 a night, and it yeah. just does not matter at all.
1: I like that. I, I agree with that completely. Um, so, so I was putting out, I don't know if you saw this, but I was putting out the uh, graphic about Luca Garza versus ranked teams stats versus Obi Toppin versus ranked team stats. He played one, Obi Toppin played one game against a ranked opponent and Garza played like 16 or something. And uh, Toppin's numbers were still pretty close in, from the one game yeah. versus the 16. But I, it, I, I, it's a dumb way, argument because he's clearly yeah. the better player. Like the way what, you do
0: that if you're Iowa is just do totals for all those. Right. And then make it exactly.
1: look. Like exactly. Exactly. Way Use bar graphs. That's yeah. how you do it. <laughs> um I mean, is Luca Garza throwing down between the legs dunks in the game? That's not an indication of national player of the year, but it certainly shows how dominant this guy is.
0: Yeah, and watchability and overall fun. I think that helps. Yeah. Like I don't think any any real basketball fan will tell you, like Luca Garza is an amazing player. He's having a phenomenal year. And just because we're not anointing him, you know, best in the country or in the big time is not any sort of sign of disrespect. It just so happens there are other players that are also having amazing years. And Obi right. Toppin is one of those. Just every everything he does is electric and you know it's it's tough because he's just following a season where we had one of the most electric college players and dunkers of all time in Zion, yeah, but he's doing a pretty damn good job himself, like he had another five dunks in the second half alone against George Washington, like three in that four minute span, um, which is just one more ridiculous. After another, when you're just posting somebody up and you turn and just one hand a dunk over them, that is yep emasculating and also <laughs> extremely so difficult to do. And he just does it with such force and makes it look so easy. Um, and I, I really, really, really want Dayton to go on a sustained run in the yeah. NCAA tournament. Um, for I'd probably be rooting the hardest for them out of you know. Teams, I have really no prior affiliation to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's he's been that good for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, outside, even if you want to look at it a different way, it's if I'm starting a program today, who is the one guy I go out and get? Just based on this season, who's the guy I go out and get? And it is hands down, Obi Toppin.
0: Yeah, he's he's definitely made everyone around him better too.
1: Yeah, I mean Jalen Crutcher is getting talks for being, you know, one of the best guards, and he certainly is like yeah. a, a capable player and a good scorer. But there's certainly levels and effects of playing <laughs> next to Obi Toppin that open up his game and make it look a lot better than it might be. It is helpful. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think anyone would dispute
1: that. Definitely. Uh, so, that where did that start? Um, Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Tough losses again. I I don't know that there's any team that can get as hot or as cold as them that is like consistently stayed in the top twenty five this year. But basically, it's does or will Luka Garza get help tonight, and that's how you decide whether they're going to win.
0: I still think big picture they're going to be okay because they are. Yeah, they're they're an offense first team, which bodes better um, than you know a, a mm-hmm. Rutgers style team in March yeah. and. I mean, there there's not really many, if any, teams that are going to shut Luca Garza down. Um, it's, it's yeah, a it's just camps, the the Fredericks of the world. If they can get enough perimeter offense um, to take some of the pressure off of Garza, that I mean, that's that's all the difference in the world. Yeah, hundred uh, percent.
1: I don't have any additional least impressives. I I don't know if you have any more, but it was. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to lay too heavy on any any additional teams outside of like the disappointments in the the mid major conferences. I guess I mean I guess I could throw like Radford and Furman and UNC Greensboro in there because all three of those teams lost early in their conference
0: tournaments. Yeah, I did. I didn't pick any of them to win in the Jerome, so it's okay. I did. Good. My my heart didn't break. Good choices. Um, Yeah, that was that was all the least impressive I had too. Um, Yeah, as you said, all the major conference tournaments are starting this week, including the SWAC and others. Yes, so SWAC and MIAC are this week. Yeah, Johnny Jones at Texas Southern could he could he lead the three seed on a Cinderella esque run? Perhaps we'll just have to see. Um, But obviously, next week. We will have full bracket breakdown, our entire NCAA tournament preview show. It is yeah, the, the anticipation is is exciting and yeah, can't wait to to get into the best part of March. So we'll see you for that and all through the tournament.